Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers, welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is the show where we cover everything about The Witcher, including when they put out a... uh, as Toasty would put it, complete piece of trash TV show. Um, so I'm your that's host. Putting it, that's putting it nicely. <laughs> that's putting it I nicely. Think. I don't think I used the same, uh, the um, I don't know, the same language that you used. Yeah, yeah probably not. Probably not. Um, but anyway, welcome. I'm Tom. This is uh, Toasty. And uh, I'm Tom or Robots. This is Toasty. And we, you know, this is what we do. So, hey, today's episode, because Blood Origin came out over the holiday, is the first of two episodes. We're going to take them two episodes at a time of the, the show because there's four episodes and we're going to talk about the first two episodes and try not to complain too much. That's not what the point of this is. The, there are plenty of YouTube videos you can watch of people complaining about how bad a show is, right? We will be mentioning the things that we liked and the things that we didn't like about the show, but for the most part, we're recapping the first two episodes, trying to figure out how this fits in the lore at all and <laughs> kind of going from there. So let's start with some recap. Toasty, <laughs> the, the show starts off and we get a familiar face. We get an upside down camera. Didn't, didn't oh, I don't remember that. I don't remember it. Upside down. I, yeah. mean, that, it, I don't doubt it. This is a lot going on. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird beginning with this weird camera pull out of a battle. And uh, then we see our good buddy. Yes, gear. Yeah, uh, apparently he's in the middle of some crazy battle. Um, between um i i honestly i don't like i think we find out in a moment who it is but like there's no initial real sign as to who it is because like this isn't where we left off in season two so we're not entirely sure what's happening here yeah what time period Um, this is why why he is where he is he's clearly mm -hmm. uh, later than season one witcher but Mm -hmm. who knows like is this somewhere between the two is this something else that happens He's got the red coat, so I assume season post season two, especially because the war has started. Because we are told then, after um, he has a conversation with himself, because mm-hmm. because um, another Yaskier shows up. This Yaskier wearing the hat, and he right. talks to himself and cleaned up, looking but looking like mean, sort of. Yeah, um, he thinks it's a Doppler. It's not a Doppler, and then he's teleported um, to some clearing grove somewhere that has like ancient like stone cairns and a stone table uh kind of looking like stonehenge um but in the witcher uh and you know he's it, it is told to us then that um he was apparently imprisoned in a tamarian camp and the scoyatel attacked the camp to try and rescue him because he is the sandpiper and has helped elves um which you know that's from like season two when he was smuggling elves out i was like okay okay sure um still not sure where in the story this happens but this is post um scoyatel starting up so all right um and then this uh this lady um they probably give her a name I don't remember the name, um, but then she basically is telling him that she needs uh, the Sandpiper to sing a story back to life. Um, and, you know, then there's dramatic, you know, zooms in on his loot sitting on this ancient stone table. Uh-huh. Right. 
uh, with with like sunlight and everything like a super epic loot shot mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and we jump into the rest of the story yeah and then uh when we're only covering the first two episodes but that's all we see from them in the first two episodes that's it yeah it's just a hey and then and then she the, the funny thing about that scene is she starts speaking at normal speed and somehow he's writing it all down at the rate that she's talking <laughs> did you notice that yeah <laughs> like it's like yeah. nobody writes that fast. And they're showing us they, they, she starts off with her narrating we've heard this narration before um with the trailer that we broke down this is the same narration mm-hmm. um and we you know we're meeting our characters uh fial of dog clan who is like a royal protector uh dog clan like protects like the throne um and then we also uh you know see like isla of raven clan or the lark um but essentially this happens 1200 years ago about um fial of dog clan um he gets banished from uh his you know his position um mm-hmm. because he's banging the princess right. you're not supposed to do that right. they, they um, had to sprinkle a little bit of game of thrones in here so they tried that just a little bit tried, just a little tried bit. a little bit of that all right yeah um apparently they're madly in love um so much so that um they can't keep it in their pants mm-hmm. um and he is found immediately after they've only done this once before um and he's really like hey i don't think we should do this and she's like i don't care i love you um and then they go to town and then his like dad (laughs) walks in (laughs) it's like well and so he gets banished for that um then we pan over to this random town uh like we see isla or raven clan but we don't know that yet um or she's the lark Mm -hmm. a traveling bard or warrior bard um some random barmaid is getting harassed in the inn while she's singing a song so she beats up the dude and his friends mm-hmm. um and then goes back to singing you know real cool character uh right then we she starts kind of having a conversation i guess she gets attached to this random barmaid that she saved or whatever we find out that this random barmaid is ethylene because that's you know cool c- c- just because right? sure yeah um in fact know, there's gets- a lot of these characters that have names that you might recognize even though this yeah. is 1200 years ago yeah which is like i think that fits in the time i'm not i can't i don't remember exactly i think it might but like uh, um <laughs> elves uh, who knows yeah they're elves they live a long time I, I feel like this is what the writers were like where they were like eh, elves live a long time right okay yeah. let's just oh, put all these people also, in the story point, um we see that everyone is an elf there right. are no humans right uh we see elves um well apparently this is also the time supposedly that you know there's werebubs and dwarves and stuff we will see i believe exactly one dwarf this entire series mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um yeah so they meet up in prison after getting arrested for something she uh, the, the she gets called out by um, the people she beat up to the guards who come and arrest her. I guess they, they tell her some story about her disturbing the peace and it wasn't actually them or something. Who knows? But we don't, we don't actually get that justification. We just know that she's now thrown in a prison cell and Fial is there. Right. And on top of that, they're both probably going to be like hanged or something. 
right? Like whatever, yes. whatever the thing they did the wrong was like a death sentence. It's like, okay, you know what? You know what this feels like? It feels like we need tension at every turn in the story. So everything needs to be ratcheted up to 11. So instead of just like, yeah, she gets thrown in prison because people mistreated her and she's probably just going to have to be stuck in the prison for the next week, which would have been fine. Instead, it's like, oh, they're going to die. So they better find the way out of here. Yeah. So um, they don't like each other uh, at all, uh, apparently, because Fjall fought one of her relatives um, and she then vowed that she would uh, kill him the next time she came across him for that reason. Mm -hmm. Um, They like talk for a bit. uh, Then they start fighting each other. The guards come along and. you know, apparently Fial's been bailed out. So he leaves. Apparently she's stolen his necklace during that scrap. So she uses it to uh, break out. Um, Cause it's like a little, then, it's like a little uh, horn. It's like a little, um, yeah, a little like tooth or something, antler or <clears throat> tooth or something pointy. Yeah. Um, and then like, uh, he's being told he needs to come back to like, Zentria, um, which is where like he was protecting people, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. Isla, her sister comes along um and is trying to like get her back into like the Raven clan business. She doesn't want to. Um, and then her sister is just like shot and killed by a crossbow bolt because they're attacked by random thugs. Right. Um right. And of course, of course, as with any of these scenes. Uh, the main characters don't get killed. It's the other character who gets shot. And although she could have gotten shot by any of them because there were multiple, none that doesn't happen. And a fight ensues, which, which I might add specifically that these random thugs were sent to kill Fjall and Isla specifically. Mm-hmm. So they decided to kill her sister first, right. naturally, rather sister than first, killing right. her when they had the element of surprise. Right. Um, come to yeah. find out these individuals are a random assortment of people from all the kingdoms that have been warring at each other because they agreed to work together because they want war so bad that they want, they'll work together to keep war going because <laughs> cut, <laughs> cut to Zintria. That, that's seriously the reasoning. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that cut to Zintria, um, the prince, um the princess's brother or i guess he's the king i don't know who is the ruler of zentria he's trying to broker a peace between all the nations to end the fighting um and ends up they all of his like closest advisors end up um throwing a coup uh because they don't want or they don't want peace. They want the right. war to continue and right. they kill all of the leaders of all the nations yep. um, that are involved here uh, and, and including um, and, and dog clan too, like the other clans um, who are protecting each like different kingdom or whatever. Um, and the princess is just like actually slits Fial's sister's throat. Just like, right. Which is like, you figure you might have some qualms about that. Like, yeah, like, there's, but she's just fine with it. She's fine. with. She's the coup. so in love with him. And yet all of a sudden now she's like, like slitting his sister's throat because she wants the coup to happen. And somehow she's on the inside of this, 
but we're never yeah. explained exactly how or why because she ends up not benefiting from it because she ends up what we see in the future that they she She's realizes a I'm a puppet she's like but I, there are a few scenes that like clue us into the fact that she didn't realize this yet like she tries to leave and the guards get in the way or she she's in the, in the room and she's like I want to go see my people and they're like yeah it's not a good idea you stay here and she and we get these like zoom ins on her face of like oh I don't have any control and <laughs> like yeah and um, all of this by this point in this episode it feels like this could have been multiple episodes where you actually had time mm -hmm. to get to know who the characters were and actually see their motivations i feel like it, it and obviously it's framed like we're moving through it at a quick pace like let me tell you a story and here's all the beats in the story right that's how it starts so i get it but at the same time like does has that worked for any show <laughs> to just do like a really quick story like this is you know what this reminds me of this reminds me of 80 80s like fantasy movies post Conan the Barbarian where they're like we have to give you an epic adventure in 90 minutes <laughs> yeah right uh, and it's just like it, none of it really works together because you don't have any time to actually like anybody really yeah yeah so they do this coup um with the you know with the intention of like preventing peace just to end up killing all the leaders of the nations and uniting everyone under the grand banner of the Zentri Zentrian Empire. Mm -hmm. um, there, which in direct correlation stops the war that they were fighting because now they're all the same empire. Granted, there's going to be rebellion and stuff, obviously, right. Right. but your goal, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, somehow that is supposed to make sense yeah but, and okay. she gets made a puppet empress but it's shown to us that the real person in charge is balor the court sage um who has been using the monoliths to bring monsters into the world um and and, and honestly tom this is the most terrifying monster i think we've ever seen um, the, the because big one. the cgi on it was so bad it, <laughs> it was so bad horrific. it was so um, bad yeah there's some random monster yeah I'm they summoned sure. a video game monster from 2001 <laughs> yeah i'm not sure what it was uh cgi was like it was very obviously not like it was cut into the the frame like like so you could tell it just sat out and also i don't know what um, as far as like lore wise, what ancient ancestor this might be of any monster, because this thing is so it's got like a horror-esque looking. looking face where you can barely see if there's even it's got eyes. like a weird diamond pyramid face with right. like three eyes. I Are there think. three eyes? I'm, yeah, I, like we got I a, a glimpse at it. It's got wings. It's got a big long body, it's but it's not a tendrils that it's not a dragon. Great people with rays. are those tendrils? Is that what those are? Okay, but yeah. And it shoots like laser beams. It shoots laser beams, and that then everybody great people turns into puffs of red. Yes. like paste or smoke or something yes yeah they turn into like red dust somehow bloody dust i don't i don't know um yeah. and it just yeah so it just like it's obviously unstoppable because it can just disintegrate people mm -hmm. like with no problem mm -hmm. um and uh balor is doing this and, and he's like trying to get chaos magic as well you know very important right. um right anyways so they like go back to the, the coups happened. We go back to um, 
Fial and Isla, who are deciding to work together um, to kill the Empress. Mm-hmm. Um, they have both decided that the Empress <laughs> they... needs to die. But ignore the fact that Fial was just in love with this Empress so right. much that he lost his position in his family for her like three days ago. Um, I think. I don't really know what the timeline is. Um, it could have been six years. It could have been two days. Yeah, we're I not, really don't we're know not the really time period between clear. that. Yeah. Um, and they agree to work together. They go find skiing. Well, there's the blood pact. Tribe. There's the blood pact. Did the blood pact happen this episode? Does it, I don't does remember. Does it happen this episode? Oh, does it happen in the second episode? Am I, I have I'm just no combining idea when it happens. These. I know it happens, but I can't remember when it I happened. I feel like it, it happened. It was this episode. <laughs> I feel like it happened in the first episode because that's the when them, they, so I guess it did. Cause that's when the they agree episode. to like, okay, we're, we're going to work together and we're going to find commonality here and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And so you get the moment where of course they cut themselves on the forearms across the forearms which is a wonderful way to make sure that you murder yourself if you want to bleed Mm -hmm. out and then they shake hands they couldn't have done the like the typical tv trope of like cutting the palm of the hand or something right so that your yeah your blood is supposed to mix on these blood packs that's the point of them Uh um it doesn't in this because they cut their forearms and then put their hands over it um it's weird it's weird and and then but they're they're bound now they're uh, bonded sure yeah. in this cause together by blood and by the blade cool then sorry then they <laughs> cool. go meet go to meet skiing um you know they deal with a bunch of traps they they are now sarcastically jabbing at each other mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. they hated each other like the day prior right um right they're joking sarcastic jabs joking he, he falls, falls in, in right skiing shows up um and basically takes him back to her like tent um and uh they're like hey we need help we want you to come with also by the way skiing is isla's old sword master yes and from the ghost um, tribe and we explained that she's the last of the ghost tribe and that's so why she was taken have... in as sword master by the yeah by the birdie tribe or whatever she is raven yeah uh yeah raven clan <clears throat> um but yeah she's the last um isla's old sword master um and she isla's like hey you know we're trying to get all the help we can get we want you to help us and skiing's just like no that's not gonna happen right it's the it's Um, the typical thing of the like one character proposes something to another character and the other character has to tell them by no means will that ever happen and then it happens yeah so then she tests them uh, to see how well they fight together um and deems that they fight well enough together that even though she kicks they their butts deserve her help with the uh, with they don't work well together at all there's no. no coordination in this fight whatsoever they're just both attacking her at the same time and getting their asses handed to them but they're not working together they're just attacking at the same time right. um but apparently that was good enough teamwork that Skian agrees to go with them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they set her tent on fire and <laughs> right leave. and because that's dramatic um here's another question for you toasty i don't remember the tribes are mm-hmm. these new is this an invention new. this is a this new is 100 percent invention of the 100% show because that's what i thought too okay They're, so yeah the dog the raven and now the ghost weird being that ghosts aren't actual animals and monsters have not come into the world yet. Mm-hmm. I guess they are still ghosts though, somehow. 
strange superstition strange naming of things but okay let's let's mm-hmm. move on from that right also i guess they were like well there has to be like the witcher the, the different types of witcher groups right and they're all animals so we're gonna go with animals plus a ghost yeah uh, i don't know I, I don't know uh not really sure um <laughs> so yeah moving on to episode two mm-hmm. um so basically the trio are traveling together and they decide that um you know what three people really isn't enough people to fight an empire huh pretty good deduction there honestly yeah um props to you i so agree like let we need to hire some cell swords and some mercenaries to fight with us so that we have an actual chance so they decide to rob a bank <laughs> right so they go to this bank and just walk in the front door mm-hmm. um you know they go to the town go to the bank walk in the front door um they're not really doing a whole lot of effort to like hide themselves here which also isla and fial are also very wanted um, right right because they yes. pose a threat to the new empire and we've seen pictures of them everywhere there's wanted signs everywhere <clears throat> yeah so they go to the bank they walk in um the bank is empty Right. Not only is it empty, but nobody has even gone back and like reclosed the doors. Like, yeah. Like if somebody if there's a run on a bank, you know, the bankers are still going to treat their property well, <laughs> like yeah. close the freaking doors. Yeah. The, the little vault doors. There's all these vault doors all around them. Oh, OK. I was I was wrong. OK, sorry. There is a second dwarf in the show. I believe this is the bank guy. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it might I be think, a dwarf. Yeah um and he's they're like hey where's the money and he's like everyone took it because shit's going crazy in the world and they decided that they needed their money so they can't rob this bank um and then they realize that the guards uh noticed them because they weren't doing a very like a very big effort at trying to hide no, so the guards took all. notice that hey these two highly wanted criminals of the state are here in town so they attack the bank with them in it and there's no other way out except for the trap door that the dwarf goes under and then locks behind him so they have to um fight off the guards mm-hmm. um together as a clan and to, to say something positive here the <clears throat> i mean it's very unlikely that they're going to fight their way out of this but yet somehow they do right, right? and uh, sort of. action sort of action adventure moments fighting stuff the fighting choreography is pretty cool there's not too mm-hmm. much to complain about that the use of the the doors and the vaults as shields was cool i would imagine those things are extremely heavy but let's just uh, we'll see you would think that right something but you would also <laughs> come to the conclusion that if this is a bank and it's supposed to secure everyone's money mm-hmm. that the doors wouldn't just pop off the, <laughs> the hinges when the guy the pulls them like a plastic right um also weird yes uh also they would be extremely heavy and very difficult also, to wield in where a fight. where are they holding it right like, that was the other thing like the, a shield they, has a strap in the middle or or like a handle with a strap like, something like to, i assume that there's a handle right from the side of the door that like which you open it up at right but you're holding it i'm assuming at the edge of the door uh-huh. which yeah. means that the rest of the door has nothing to like bond it to your arm weight yes. distribution right so you're just having like 
that's some that's some insane wrist strength to hold that yes. thing up yes. the whole time. Yeah. So other than that stuff, the fight is pretty cool. And pretty cool. They're all um, working together for the first time and actually coordinating their their fighting, which is pretty cool. Right. Until they don't, because they don't. Isla gets really upset at one guy in particular and decides to stab the shit out of him therefore breaking <laughs> formation for too long uh-huh. and leaving a vulnerability in the state uh because ghost tribe lady Skian yeah is so so invested in their ability to work as a clan that she <laughs> pays more attention to someone fucking up in the back than the 17 people attacking her from the front <laughs> right and she gets um, one wound so she in the gets back wounded right um which like i would just honestly, you said this is a good fight scene it is it's a pretty good fight scene it's really enjoyable. it's got, it's so, it's got cool. some cool moments um, yeah there's the yeah tom yeah i wonder do you think that like maybe depending on what clan you're from that like maybe your fighting styles would be different and like therefore wouldn't mesh well with like the other clans because like we know mm-hmm. we know that um ghost clan were the best swordsmen so like their fighting styles i would assume focus on like sword play and the best way to do that um and probably <laughs> yes. wouldn't go very well with the dude with an axe and then the dude the the, the lady that uses knives to you know what people. you know what would have solved this was instead of getting the dumb fight scene where they try to attack ghost lady and then she's like okay you guys are cool instead if she if we had some sort of like yes i owe you from some past thing i will help you and then she like spars with them and realizes that they're not coordinated at all and then we get a training montage that yeah. could have solved all of it like here let's train here's how you guys utilize your different weapons and your different styles and make them work together because i'm fancy uh you know training sword specialist lady or whatever right and then yeah. then we get to the bank and we're like oh look how look how freaking coordinated they are now this is great yeah. right but apparently None of they that. work flawlessly together almost um until skiing gets stabbed mm-hmm. but they're still able to kind of like fend off the uh the attackers which finally i think like a head guard walks in somebody somebody smart enough to go you know what i'm not gonna run into your weapons with my face let's just back out of here and just burn the thing down so like but doesn't say it to the guy behind him yeah just somehow together they know okay we're no longer running at these guys which like also um, they said he's yeah he he steps out locks the doors from the outside somehow um, and sets the building on fire, which I mean I don't remember the outside of this building, but the inside doesn't appear to have anything wood except for the desk that the dwarf was sitting on. <laughs> right. So, but but apparently the outside is all wood. So I guess they're so. Able to set it on I guess fire. So. Yeah, they, and they um, they bar the door somehow or whatever. Yeah. Right. Uh, now it, here's the here's the weirdest thing to to not belabor the scene too much longer. The they're like, okay, well we have to escape through the hatch in the ground, mm-hmm. and then um, axe dude Fial tries to like get his axe to try to chop open the the bolt that's like the piece of metal that's holding the thing closed right mm-hmm. and then one of them's like that's dwarven steel and then he's like ah crap and then another one hands him 
another weapon and goes, this is made out of dwarven steel too. And he's like, yes. And in one sing, swing breaks the piece of metal holding the, th so they can open the, dude, when was the last time you took any type of steel or iron or anything and swung it against any other type of iron and were able to cut one with the other without like heating it to the point where it's going to break or like, that's just not how metals work. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. Like, like they could have, they could have said, this is a co this is copper reinforced and we have regular steel weapons. That honest, still would have taken an hour of hacking at the thing before it actually broke. Honestly, like, it might've probably worked better if that, like what's her face had just ripped off his necklace and picked the lock again with, right. with the necklace because she already did it. So at least it wouldn't be that ludicrous right. of an idea that she could do it again. Oh, she's like, a, she's whatever. good at lock picks and she's used this yeah necklace before yeah. and a similar lock. Okay. Boom. Pick be, the lock. Be solid. But plus, anyways, plus in a, in a show where they're ramping everything up to 11 all the time, they could have absolutely in this moment had some sort of dramatic moment where, Oh my God, I got to pick the lock. It's taking longer than expected. And the fire's getting closer and getting closer and they're almost burned to death. Like, and then in the last like, moment they pick the lock, right? This would have been a perfect room, scene for something like that filling with smoke so sure. heavily that they're all like coughing and hacking and like, right. like nearly like unconscious from it. Like, cause I imagine that was the idea was that they were just going to kill him with the smoke. Cause I don't think the fire, like, right. I'm, right. I'm giving props to the logic whenever it doesn't make sense, but whatever. Um, sure. but yeah, they escape through it. Yeah. Um, they get through, they get out, they get to the woods. Um, and apparently skin was stabbed with the poison blade. Don't know why that guard had a poison blade. Why do guards have poison blades? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But yeah. She, so she's obviously very injured. Um, so she's like, hey, leave me behind. I'm just going to slow you down. And they're like, no, we're obviously so attached to you at this point that we can't leave you behind. We have to save you. So they go, they decide to leave her by herself by a tree um and go looking for herbs she's completely undefended whatever mm -hmm. so you know when they come back um there's a strange man there waiting for them mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. like standing over her like holding a weapon and they're like like oh this is this could be a problem but it's all right because he's here to help and eventually joined their cause. He hates everybody too and feels like now's his time, so he's gonna join them. And he also happens to know somebody who might be able to heal her wound. Yeah. So they, you know, team up. Uh this guy reveals himself to be uh Kalan or Kalan, or his the name that they will use more often, Brother Death. Yes. Yeah, there is that moment of like, but most people call me Brother Death. And it just it's all right, buddy. Okay, a fifteen-year-old emo child. Cool. Yeah. Like, so, <laughs> got it. They, they also he's not even dressed like freaking bright. Like he doesn't have like a skull mask on. Like there's nothing. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna go by brother death, then dress it up a little bit, dude. Uh, he also apparently uses cleavers, so he might have used to been a butcher. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Um. But he uh. He takes them to this swamp and there's a bunch of like mist around and he's like, hey, be careful. Uh, the mist do weird things to people. And just, so they, they just all keep, keep trying to mist. get through it basically is his advice yeah. as he wanders off forward by himself into the fog. Yeah. And like, um, good luck. So 
Fial and Isla are subjected to like hallucinations from the mists. Um, Fial sees like visions of his brother's death, um, which, by the way, he had a brother who died. <laughs> We've learned. I don't know here. if y'all knew that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he, also his affair with the Empress, um, and then and drowning how, in the muck while like black goo falls out of her face and like yeah. Uh, and apparently, uh, Isla, I, I don't, I couldn't remember as much of her stuff or whatever. Um, but apparently it was when her mother forced her to burn criminals, uh, who are to become part of Raven clan. The initiation of right. Raven clan was burning criminals alive, which I, apparently that one flew over my head. Mm -hmm. Um, but this uh, is the golden uh, age of the Raven elves. Clan. So, you know, <clears throat> the world is such a nice place now. Yeah. Uh, so huh. they wake up. They're fine. Um, and we meet Zakare and Sindral. Mm -hmm. Sindral's also sorry. Sindral's important too because he's the one that discovered the monoliths in the first place and what they were right able to do. This is one of the few <clears throat> points that actually works well because we see him in a prison scene earlier talking to scary magic guy and like we get a sense of who he is before he shows up, and th that actually plays well up to this point of like oh this guy's here too he seems important we have some background we understand who he is right but these other characters not so much and on top of it you like i feel like these uh hallucination flashback scenes are only really there to try to flesh out the characters a little bit more but they aren't very helpful in that yeah particularly i don't so. but um yeah so they they show up um <clears throat> and apparently they're celestial siblings um we'll get to that uh but uh yeah um basically she's just a car like heals him up also she's her and brother death they're an item apparently yeah um, seems to be a thing yeah uh meanwhile in the empire um we get to see um Aridin, uh which we see more of uh what was her name I knew her name before and I already forgot it. The Empress Merwin. Yeah, um, yeah. She's realizing more and more that um, she's a puppet and that she needs to make moves in order to like not just be killed um, when they get tired of her or she like outlives her usefulness. Um, so she ends up going into the city um, and spies Aridin. Bumps right you into him. You might recognize that name, yeah. by the way. Yeah, Aridin, very important character. Leader of the Wild Hunt. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's not this. Um, I guess he's not even an A and L like he's supposed to be. Um, or somehow the A and L living... come from here and then end up over there? Like, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, not important. Um, but he's here. He's also one of the people that, like, Balor is working with the closest. I forgot to mention that. He's, like, the leader mm -hmm. of, I don't they're the, the guard they're I the think. two who seem to be most in the know with the coup yeah. and all that stuff they're running stuff um yeah. but Aridin's sneaking around um and she's like wow that's really suspicious um so she follows him um which by the way she put on a cloak yeah and that's her disguise yep. um yep. she didn't even on. change her hair in the weird like lattice work fashion craziness that is her hair design <laughs> um, right but she follows them uh, or follows him um, to, uh, I guess, Aridin's boyfriend's house, mm -hmm. uh, who he's apparently, 
it got a romantic entanglement with um some merchant man um mm, right who lives like a fancy life and they're together and they're in love everywhere you quickly learn they, they could never be together this is a secret thing we got more game of thrones going on here yeah, yeah. um and so she like you know spies on this finds it out and realizes like oh man i can blackmail him and therefore he'll be on my side because he won't want to risk um you know the life of his his person here uh so she later shows up after that yeah it seems like it's later well she's she's got her actual clothes on now as opposed to other things um her cloak that she oh by the way (laughs) we also got avalok yeah we we get a very apprehensive uh kind of dorky avalok yeah we got dorky avalok who is um apparently uh he he saves her from an assassin so therefore becomes her most trusted confidant um yeah using magic before the conjunction of the spears happens yeah yeah he kills the assassin Mm -hmm. magic um balor is also using magic by the way Mm -hmm. Uh, magic is apparently very prevalent here um so she's like hey i need you to go steal a book from balor because he's definitely got a book that pertains to the monoliths and we need that she's also obsessed with books i noticed that she has like an obsession with reading um which is like cool i guess um and (laughs) but yeah so she shows up after this she's dressed up in her regular clothes she's not trying to hide her who she is um and she's like hey um you know one she's just being intimidating by being there um and knowing what's up and Aridin's like uh you know this is a problem and then but she's also like hey if you be on my side i not only will i not tell anyone about this thing going on here i will also uh promote your boyfriend to like head of mercantile business or something like right. on a council right. that we'll she's give him form. we'll give him an awesome job make him a make him a somebody and then yeah. you don't have to worry about him as yeah. and sneaking i guess because apparently uh, there's been this dynamic by the way they don't explain really the relevance of this but there's been this dynamic between the the lowborn and the royalty right so they're all part of royalty and then everyone else is like a lowborn and apparently you can't mix with the lowborns which is just like i feel like there's just unnecessary like racism well it's, like, it's their way of justifying that they can't be together yeah, here, here's here's okay this is going to sound like some of the other people on the internet but i don't i don't mean it in a negative way so much as i mean it i don't know here just listen to this the reason why Aridin and his boyfriend can't be together is because there are class differences not because mm-hmm. they're gay the show does yeah. not want to point out that people would be upset with him being gay so they don't which is fine i think that's fine but they needed some other reason they can't be together so it has to be a class stratification thing but they could have just let i mean this is a world full of racists and sexists and all sorts of terrible people why not just say people would not be okay like some people would be okay with them being gay but some people won't and so for that reason we still can't be together right that could have been a justification and not promoted anti LGBTQ stuff, right? Like yeah. why not just exist but, in a realistic seeming world? Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. They decided to go with the classism route. So like she's basically bribing him because if he becomes ambassador of trade, um 
he's no longer lowborn. Therefore, they can get married and be together. And it's no longer like a crime for them to be together, which is geez. Um And then um, so kind of. Oh, uh, and Balor is also talking to a mystical ball in some barren plane, um, <laughs> right. some other world, barren plane. He's trying to get chaos magic. He like sacrifices some celestial children um, and gets fire in his hand for like three seconds. And is like, man, I have to do anything to get this or something. Yeah, um, he's now on drugs, which is chaos magic. That's that's the big magic. That's that's fire. That's obviously the strongest magic Um fire which is just fire um sure whatever um <laughs> and that's that in the empire um also during this we meet meldoff who is a dwarf um and, and she's pretty cool yeah she's pretty so cool to, we, to say something positive some of the characters i think are actually pretty cool and some of the acting there are moments where the acting is actually pretty good so like her scene where we see that she's like marching into this place and trying to track down the man that killed the the woman she loved or something something like this right like she even talks to the hammer and like like her as a character and her delivery as a character i find pretty cool like yeah i well, she's the she's the only character in this series who will actually like sort of get fleshed out i'm gonna be i'm gonna be entirely honest in episode three we get the explanation for why she named her hammer gwen and like the reasons why she's kind of the way she is mm -hmm. she will be the only character who actually gives us that reasoning because brother death starts to and she falls asleep on him <laughs> yeah. like they're talking she tells him all of her right. tragic stuff he starts to and she's just like oh man boring falls asleep and it's why, like okay why well, don't they're not gonna flesh that out why don't <laughs> like, we have a character building moment for all the characters like we do with her like I, right at the beginning like peace if and and that's that's part of how they structure this was like this is a this many people come together into a group and due to them uniting they were able to achieve this crazy thing right like that's the whole premise so give us give us separate intro stories for every person and then bring them together. Then they're doing the bring them together part, but only a few people do we ever get any like, like foundational anything, yeah. you know, and yeah. I, that's so weird. That's at least foundational. Anything that's not exposition because it's not exposition. Right. All on I love, but that was their exposition, which is not right. That's not storytelling. That's exposition. It's a different, um, right. but yeah, so she's looking or dwarf Meldoff. Um, she goes to a brothel. She's looking for some dude named Talus and One Eye. Um, we don't actually see her go like we don't see into the brothel. We just like follow as the she camera. Like, yeah, and the sound effects and and she's like beating people up looking for her and then leaves. And um, that's actually a, that was and, a pretty good scene. Like we didn't need yeah. to see her beat everybody up. It was fine. Like it yeah. it explained enough in a way, the tone of it, the the it the delivery worked. Yeah. Um and then later on, she, I guess, finds him, kills him. And she's like writing stuff on the walls in his blood, um, yeah. I guess, as uh, basically here's who he is. Here's what he did. And this is who, who murdered him, like as like a warning to anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, is this the episode that they go to a separate world and see a giant scorpion and then run away yes yeah that happens yeah they go they find a <laughs> they try to use um, the portal in order to portal into the main portal in the city and then they end up in some other realm and there's some big i don't know crustacean living in a water with a, a shiny thing 
and uh yeah, it's like a big it looked like a big like centipede or something something like, I, don't, I don't know it was whatever and that was that was the end for them so they they went there and then it was kind of like a, a dramatic cutoff or whatever yep. so yep but and that's that's for the two episodes that's kind of that's the summary it. that's it yeah well tell you what we've got some more thoughts on this stuff we need to cover that stuff as well but first we got to thank our patrons so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to wrap this up with a summary so don't go anywhere very well let us get this over with something has infested my vineyard mm-hmm. great let me go prepare my something oil then All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons and uh, thank you everybody who supported us through this last year and welcome to 2023 and anyone who oh, is God, interested 2023. I know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> anyone interested in joining us on the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash Witcher Lorecast. You get ad-free episodes. You can join us on the chat episodes at the end of the month. There's t-shirts or all sorts of other things on there. So go check that out. And we have to shout out our higher vampire tier patrons. And first of all, thank you to all 15 of our patrons thanks for being here for us uh ben of tamaria and jared m thanks for supporting us as higher vampires and uh i don't have too much else to say about that also we don't have any new reviews this week but if you'd like to leave us a five-star rating and a review on apple podcasts please feel free to do that and we'll read it out on a future episode of the show and um yeah, just real quick in here, Robin chat says uh, there's not really a right answer there's nothing wrong with not wanting homophobia in your fantasy world sure true point you're correct but there's also not much wrong with portraying a relationship that goes through those real world struggles yes yes and this is one of those nuanced things where it's like i don't know i don't know you're right i don't think there's a right or wrong answer it just feels like eh, this could have been a thing that people had problems with but they just don't bring it up which is i guess is fine it's fine either way so anyway we'll move on from that uh but thank you everybody for your support and why don't we move on with the rest of the show here we go you smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. All right, Tosi, we've recapped the first two episodes, which you have said are the better two episodes because it just continues to go downhill from here. Yeah, yeah um, that's true. So let's let's talk some pros and cons just on these two episodes alone. Mm-hmm. What what things do you feel like were good? Um, like we mentioned during that part or whatever, I I like the fight scene, mm-hmm. like with the bank. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Some of the settings are actually really interesting. Yeah. Some of the sets yeah. are cool. Some of the villages and things they go to, the... Uh, um, there was one scene. Oh, the one where uh, we see the prison cell of I, I forget his name. The one wizard guy that we we meet later who joins the party. Syndral. Syndral. We see him in the prison cell, and it's just like the it's all these weird things poking out of the walls. It was very. It's a dimeridium cell. That's why because he was a mage. Yeah. They put him in dimeridium cell. So that's dimeridium stuff yeah, sticking out of the walls. Supposed to be um, that's because. Like later, we find out later. I think that Balor specifically constructed that cell, like for like uh, problem mages. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like that's cool. So. That's interesting. Like that looks really mm-hmm. cool. Um, there, uh, yeah. Some of the some of the scenes and some of the settings, some of the um, some of the nature views, some of that stuff, very 
very pretty them yeah, walking I mean, through the, 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 interesting based landscapes on, like, the locations they filmed it at like the places are like gorgeous i mean like the whole like yeah the wastes area i thought was really cool like the black sand everywhere yeah. was sick but it was like so like yeah sure like the settings were really cool um the fight was cool i think like i think that like i think isla's intro was cool y'all was kind of whatever like he was just like a big dude with an axe fighting people whatever um he couldn't keep it in his pants whatever isla <laughs> was like you know she's like a traveling bard uh-huh. you know she, she seems like kind of unassuming with like the, the fact that she's a bard but then like you know to like you know one of the the ithleen's getting harassed in the bar by some dude um which, creepy ass fucking moment by the way um mm-hmm. but uh so she kicks his ass kicks the other one's ass goes back to singing i thought that was like i thought that was cool i thought it was funny like the way they did that it kind of sets her as like like she's both like you know got like the dynamic of like being appreciative for the arts and not really like wanting to like be involved because we find out she doesn't want to be involved with the politics. She just wants to travel around or whatever. But she's still a fucking badass. Right, right. She's trained. Like, she's a trained fighter, unlike these drunk guys at the bar, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, it's a cool, like, dynamic or whatever. And, mm-hmm. But, like, um... And <laughs> but then, that's about like, it. I, no offense, <laughs> Tom. It's, other than that, like, <laughs> I'd be, like, I'm trying to, like, reach for stuff that I, like, really liked. Okay. Uh... So I think I think the one of the biggest issues is it just doesn't feel like The Witcher. It feels like it feels like somebody's generic D&D campaign is what it feels like. Yeah, there's like, well, we need this character in the group and we need this character in the group and now we need this character in the group. And then and the the fact that like the we can't like we, you and I throughout the beginning of the episode talked about like how does this fit into the lore how does it not fit into the lore it doesn't it doesn't strongly fit into anything there's uh, the, yeah. the the what it is doing is it's trying to explain the monoliths and the um uh the the something of the spheres what is that word the conjunction. conjunction of the spheres right it's trying to explain those two things and a point in time and why the monoliths are interesting and important so that when <laughs> season three comes out we're going to have more context for what's going on in season three right i feel yeah. like that's the point of this what they didn't do is continue the tone correctly for the world of the witcher in a way that makes sense for the world because we know the Witcher is a dark fantasy place when we visit it at the time of Geralt, which is run by men. And we know that men are rough and rude and uncivilized and they do terrible things to each other. And so therefore, that's a dark world. And then we're now moved back 1200 years to the time of the high elves and the, the, the high golden age of the elves, which could have been dynamically different from the world of the men, but just feels like the world of the men. Yeah, that's the problem. It doesn't feel like th- like these high like why not make less of a of a class stratification? Why not make it more idyllic? I... Right. And the idealized version of the world is broken by people who are seeking power. But for the most part, everything's pretty good for everybody. Right. Yeah, Maybe the elves work better together. That, that like whole 
like the lowborn highborn thing like threw me for such a loop um just because like one specifically like like i don't like as far as the lore tells us from what we know in the established lore like like i mean what like elves just don't do that <laughs> like they're just not they don't like they didn't like the ones that we know and like granted they're at, like the bottom of the barrel so honestly they're like having a class stratification among elves just doesn't make sense in current times but like i just it just doesn't strike me as like if the elves are in charge and this is before the time of the humans when the humans came along and ruined everything because right. that's what they tell us is that the humans were the problem right um that like, this was a more why, idyllic age like the elves i know that there was wars and things that they fought like the elves obviously didn't get along with like the dwarves and um and like we could even had that we could have yeah. had it to where it was like the elves coming in and like messing things up for like the dwarves and the other native like natives to right. the continent or right. whatever but no the main plot is that there's the highborn and the lowborn and because of this class stratification everything in this plot line happens yeah that's so, generally the foundation and it doesn't seem like it doesn't make sense for one and also like you don't need to have themes like that in order to have a good story right and like right i feel like we should <clears throat> lean into ideas or at least do it well because it wasn't done well right and maybe maybe if everything is terrible then everything is terrible <laughs> you know like further in that direction uh but yeah it's kind of this weird middle place um the other thing is and so next point uh it doesn't really and we've talked about this a little bit but it doesn't really just it just doesn't fit into the lore there's magic yeah. in the world before the conjunction happens there's uh, like what why wasn't the conjunction there's, there's the ability to travel to other worlds before the before conjunction the conjunction happens, happens. like Due we know to, that the elves did that like at some point from their like home world because like their home world was messed up um and so the a and she hopped off onto the continent and the a and l went to another world right that's what right. we're told right but like that i guess didn't happen because we have two a and l here on the continent before the conjunction of the spheres because yeah. we have aridin who's supposed to be on another world right now and avalok who's supposed to be on another world right now because right, they're right. both a and l they're not supposed to be here <laughs> right and it doesn't that doesn't make sense then we have the whole monolith thing and it's told to us that the monoliths are of dwarven make and are ancient and that they've been rediscovered by the elves and now utilized in some yeah. way and they're supposed to the dwarves made them to be able to like enrich resources which also by the way there's another big plot line there is that they don't have enough resources to sustain so the reason that they need to go to other worlds is to get the resources um but wasn't that the promise them? of the continent to the elves that wanted to move there was that it was a resource-rich world and so it was worth settling yeah, yeah, but apparently it, it wasn't. So because right. they're running out, like their granaries are almost dry, yeah. and so they have to go to other worlds. But I guess, I guess there's a part of it that Balor just didn't tell them because the only world that they've gone to at this point is a dry, barren wasteland that doesn't have any resources, <laughs> no resources. whatsoever. Right. So, right. But yeah. like, yeah. So 
then the pillars themselves are yeah. like dwarven have been made. buried and are dwarven made and have been rediscovered and to be able to enrich the environment i and believe they look, i can't remember the exact explanation that they give us but it's supposed to be that they built them right. to enrich the environment so why can they be the channel between maybe they just channel worlds? magic somehow but then also why do they look pristine if they're ancient objects that have been buried forever like, yeah, couldn't they look a little uh, bit more worn and still be functional? Why can they like, be moved? You notice that the big monolith mm -hmm. after the thing, it wasn't in the center of the Zentrian castle. Yeah, they moved but it. But they moved it there right. and it yet still had the same magical potential being there rather than being buried in the dirt where it was. Right. It's not about its location on the planet. It's about where it just it, it just has magical powers. So, yeah. So all of this stuff doesn't make sense with the lore. Um, and then I guess the question becomes, and Rob asked it in chat, he says, objectively removed from the Witcher universe, is this a good show? So we've been complaining about all a lot of the context in just how does this not fit into the Witcher universe, but I think you probably could tell from our synopsis of the first two episodes that there's a lot of stuff that just uh, functionally for a show just is problematic. It's one so like getting into like some of the actual like legitimate cons that aren't witcher related as far as the lore goes there's like one it was too short four episodes was not enough to tell this story that they wanted to tell mm -hmm. and there is way too many characters that they want us to like like there's way too many main characters because if you include the seven because this is the tale of the seven by the way the lady told us that she mm -hmm. is going like she wants yaskir to tell the tale of the seven uh, which by the way i believe that they released like a like a yaskir song um about the seven on like twitter at some point or whatever like a couple days after it was released so i'm sure that we're gonna have to listen to that during season three so that's gonna be great but mm -hmm. it's supposed to tell the tale of the seven so there's seven characters plus Aridin, plus Balor, plus uh, Merwin. Right. Like, that's 10 people in four episodes that they're supposed to, like, we're supposed to, like, supposed to be fleshed out and we're supposed to, like, understand and, like... Right, right. And, and if an episode much. is 50 minutes long, 40 to 50 minutes long, this is the equivalent of one very long movie yeah it's like, not even very long one three hour three and a half hour movie like yeah. that's that's where we're at with this right yeah so it's is that's way too much information to give us with too little time to explain it maybe if like honestly if they had like we could have done with just fial and isla mm -hmm. and that would have been it and like they could have taken the time to like have them like have more just conversations with each other and get to know and flesh each like each other out or whatever right and, like, and come across other characters along the way but not necessarily bring them into the party is like you know yeah. somebody somebody came by our D, D adventure and they want to sit in we've already been playing for 10 hours but let's roll them a character that's what yeah, that kind so of feels like, like right yeah and you could have maybe even gotten skiing in there because i feel like they did sure sort of fleshed her out a decent amount like with the time that they had um and like they could have probably had like the three of them 
and that was it and like you know they now, go and hire some sell swords and that's their force well, here, to get into the thing. here's another thing though like the because we're getting less time for what could have been the main characters after the first two episodes for me it feels like i still don't really know or like any of the main characters particularly right like i yeah. we just like it's simple simplest version of of this dilemma is we just don't even know them or like them that much yet yeah they so this is a common like thing in a like like with like a bunch of like specifically like i hear this a lot because i like listen to like anime podcasts and this is like a lot of things they do in anime is that like they'll introduce characters and then they'll tell you the reasons why you should care about the character mm. but they don't they don't give you a reason to care about them they right. just tell you hey this is why you should care about right this and, and you can tell they tried like the bar scene where she beats up the guys picking on the girl that gives us some insight into her okay she's she's obviously a, a capable warrior but she's you know she's doing the right thing she's standing up against bad dudes like that gives us some sense of that and then you have the death of the sister like you have it's like you have all of these plot moments like they again checked it off a list of things that you're supposed to do but none of them land particularly well yeah like i think i think isla specifically had the potential to be to be an incredible character they will throw her character like the the minimal character arc that she has they will throw it in the garbage in the next two episodes i'm gonna tell you that right now yeah. the stuff that they do with her as like the, the like what they like downgrade her to is absolutely disgusting <laughs> like it, it pisses me off what they did to her because she had the potential to be a really good character if y'all He's supposed to be a main character, dude. Like, I don't like, I don't care. Like he's, he got banished from his family cause he couldn't keep, keep it in his pants. Right. I right. don't care. Like I, I think, really don't. I think the, the other dilemma here is that if you look at any of the main characters that we've met so far, they all have, they can all be described as uh, disgruntled, badass, upset with their current situation, ready to kick everybody's butt. Like that's it. That's it. We don't have like you, you take a film like, for example, Star Wars. Let's just use Star Wars. Right. And you've got the three main characters. You've got uh, Luke, Leia and Han. And they are dynamically very different individuals with very different motivations. But they they themselves, their personalities like Luke doesn't come across like a badass because he's not yet. He's proving himself. Leia is a badass, but we don't know why. Right. She's the princess. She should be fancy princess lady, but she's not Han acts like a badass but he actually cares right like mm -hmm. the the character arcs and dynamics for each of those characters are unique and individual to them and we watch as they're they merge together over time and grow closer together in this we just have badass character with some personal reasons for doing things other badass character with some everybody hates everybody everyone's ready to cut each other down at a moment's notice but then they decide not to and so they start to get along together like that's it that's it that's all we know about any of these characters really yeah and there's like like they also like try like they give us like you know familial attachments or whatever but it's like we didn't see them we didn't see these characters with their family at any point we didn't so when it. their family right. like when isla's sister dies it's like i i like why do i care like i didn't see her with her but for like a minute and a half like right. that's how long they're like that whole scene was with with her being like with her sister and then like with Fjall, we don't even realize that this dude is his dad until he's like being ushered across the border. 
is he's like goodbye father and it's like like it doesn't <laughs> right, feel right. like that's right. your dad like i get right. it like he's doing what he has to do because you fucked up right but like at no point during that do i feel like this is your dad i, I think i think the issue like, is we hey, don't have a strong enough core character they're dividing the core character among at least two of them yeah. right yeah um if you follow like it works for the witcher because Geralt is our core character and then we come to learn more about Yennefer and we come to and she, I mean, the truth be told they split it because they showed us all three of them but you could still argue that Geralt is the core character mm-hmm. and it's well, nice to learn more about Ciri and it's nice to learn more about Yennefer but ultimately everything focuses on Geralt's perspective yeah and this doesn't have that like whose perspective are we even looking at this from like yeah. we, isn't that a thing you're supposed to do in like directing like when you learn to direct a film or or even write a book in a novel is understand whose perspective like who's the perspective character in this yeah, chapter you, like you right? set i mean you yeah you set when you're starting a book you set it from the pov like a certain pov right. like you go like first person limited uh right which is you just the, the like you are the person or whatever saying th- what whatever. we're getting you go the perspective that we're limited, getting or third person yeah. omniscient. So the per- like, perspective we're getting for this whole thing is the storyteller's perspective, which brings which ne- which keeps us at a distance. We're now watching the world. The the we're we're basically listening to someone tell us a story. We're not actually watching the story unfold or experiencing it directly ourselves. And this is like this is like it's obvious that if we're seeing this from like the storytellers who this random this random lady who's telling Yaskier you the story or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's also like so obvious that like she like doesn't even have the full perspective because she's leaving out so many details right like yeah. that's what it feels yeah. like it's like yeah like which, this is where we're at because which can work have. but you have to be able to zoom into the characters and see things from their limited perspectives to make that really feel real otherwise it just sounds like somebody who's just making stuff up because they're telling a story <laughs> yeah so yeah um and then like uh it's kind of like there's other stuff that like uh you know we'll talk more about next because there's some things that like aren't really as here as they are in like the next two the episodes. Next episodes. Like, so it's like cringy you know, scenes, uh character development yeah, not working out yeah, so well. Those, but I will like I think uh, like we this isn't even a thing. This is just factual information that we need to see more representation in um in like media or whatever like lgbtq mm-hmm. representation which um, by the way let me let me let me because uh, i made a statement i think some people might take out of context toasty and i are very for lgbtq representation in media it is important mm-hmm. people representation of everything should be representative in media in ways that make sense and work for the story and that are done well that are done well think you shouldn't avoid it but you also don't need to cram it in in ways that don't make sense for the story or aren't done very well just like any plot point at all it should be done well not just crammed into a story yeah so the things that i think like it all like is it needs to be done well and i just don't think this this show did any of their representation um because like one we obviously see like Aridan and his boyfriend Mm -hmm. they don't develop that at all they just show it to us for the what 10 minutes that we get it right and it's like it's it feels like they just were like here let's slap some gay dudes in there 
it's, an, like, it's an opportunity. We might as well make it. Yeah. Let's just do because it. like, yes, right. it is true. They did have two, two men kissing on the screen, which like most people, most people are too afraid to do that. But like, don't give it to us just to be like, here, here it is. We, we had two dudes kissing. You, you like, shut up now. Like, like we, yeah. we had, it either like, feels like you're, you're doing, like. you're, you're checking it off the list or it feels like we're going to insert this for shock value because some people will cringe at it. It seems like, it seems like they did both. And it's like, honestly, both like, of those are like bad reasons to do it. That's not the right yeah. reason to do it because it feels organic and it's natural to who the character is and it fits in the show. Yeah. Don't and do it to we, manipulate the audience that, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then um, there is a, which also to mention, um, there is a, a deaf character who is played by a deaf actress in this. Mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately for that character, they don't do anything with her. She's supposed to be Balor's like assistant. And she makes some snarky comments in the show. And that is all she gets like, I don't know, like five lines i think in the entire series mm -hmm. and like but it's like hey this we we're representing because we have uh a deaf actress playing a deaf character we're representing things here and it's like you're <laughs> you're just throwing it in there just to say that you have it in there you're not actually like fleshing it out or making them like a compelling or interesting character right. they're just there um, which I guess is fine because most of the characters in this show are also just there. Yeah, even, to be honest, <laughs> even a lot of the so main ones just feel like they're just. I there. guess it's fine, but like yeah, it, yeah. that feels bad. And then you said you like her specifically the the dwarf character. So here, here's I, here's where we're at. Just just so so people understand our perspectives and why they're different right now. Because I might line up more with you in the future. I've watched the first two, and then I. I haven't watched the next two yet. And so we're talking about the first two for this week. I will definitely watch the next two for the next time we talk, but I don't know what else happens other than just like a general sense of like, this is probably where the story's going. Right. And yeah. so for the scenes that I've seen her in so far, I think the actress does a great job. I think she as an actress plays the character well. And I think the character is setting up to be interesting. She talks to her, her hammer. She scrawls things on the wall when she murders somebody like, okay, this maybe this goes somewhere, right? See, so I specifically, because like, so the next thing it's like the next two episodes is fine. Like whatever that particular part I did not like, okay. Because I feel like that they were making her a very like tropey kind of crazy. Like I'm fine with her talking to her hammer. The reason that mm -hmm. she talks to her hammer that they tell us later. Okay, cool. That's fine. I get it. And like, I even kind of like the explanation for it, I think is like, honestly, pretty compelling, but like the, the murdering crazy writing on the walls that they went for there, I felt like was it's too far a little bit. too Yeah. Yeah. Because then they explain the reason why. And it's like, like they, they and it's just like they're not handling that kind of representation. Well, either right. Because well, like if they're talking they about mental illness in a show, yeah. they're going over the top far beyond crazy right, is what they went right. for and there's it's nuanced right like mental health is a very nuanced perspective and like to see nuanced views of and takes on that in media i think is like like we do need to see that more but like most media just jumps immediately to like how can we make 
this character as off the wall as possible like as a cartoon see i'm i was hoping with that scene that we would get and you know like they haven't explained why she is the way she is yet in as of episode two i was hoping we would get some fundamentally deep and weird reason why she's so weird right like some form like and not just like i have emotional trauma because something bad happened right and adjust that like that, that is a is legit reason right right I, I, I get what you're saying that, that that's going to be the reason. reason right and so yeah so that leads to normal mental illness kinds of things and people who have to deal with things but don't necessarily jump off the deep end and murder people and scrawl their blood on the wall right so like a better reason for something like that might be the elves burned her village and then did some crazy, terrible, bad magic crap all over the place. And now she's mentally like, like th- broken right on a fundamental, like fantasy magic, dark magic kind of way. And she's trying to find redemption, but yet she does these terrible things. Like that would have been a much more interesting character arc who could have done some weird stuff. And you have some really messed up reason why that is. But yeah. like you're saying, I agree. If it's just, if it's just, and just in the real world is not just like the right? reason the, the the trauma like like it's a this is probably me speaking too highly of like what ends up being the reason because it's just like it's like one of the like one time they do actual like like a, a, like sort of character development in the show that like I can I'm appreciating it probably more than it deserves to be appreciated but it felt compelling like it felt like a compelling reason and I was kind of sad for her for that really yeah. like I was sad that that had happened but it was also like this it's this not a strong enough justification does not correlate with you being batshit crazy <laughs> like, right right yeah no I, I totally get that and I can I can see how that breaks the character um but I like the actress and in, in, like for being for being a crazy character. I think she does a great job. Um, I think mm-hmm. she like this. That's pretty cool. Good job. Um, yeah. And some of the other actors, like you can tell that. And this is the other thing I wanted to share about the whole acting thing. You can tell that the actors are given. Like, this is the feeling. Uh, go back to Star Wars. This is the Star Wars mm-hmm. reference. You know, when you're watching a one of the Star Wars movies that like uh, Lucas wrote the dialogue for. And then you feel bad for the actor who has to say the terrible dialogue, but they're giving it their best. You can tell they're giving it their best. They're in character. They're, they're landing all the stuff that they've been told to do and the directing or the dialogue are what's screwing it over. That's what I feel like. Uh, attack of the clone basically right. all of Anakin's lines <laughs> yes yes it, that's what it feels like but it feels like the, it feels like the actors in the show are giving it their best most of them I mean some of them are, are eh. oh yeah but, for sure Hayden Christensen but, fucking yeah. right but in this show too I feel like for yeah. the most part these actors are like they're they're doing they're doing their jobs they just aren't given very good characters or very good lines or yeah the directing just was eh. like that's kind of the sense i have of it is just like it's not the actor's faults it's it it's, it's usually not it's, it's usually, usually not. the writing it, yeah it, it's like most of the time it's the writing the actors are like giving it their all right and sometimes that even like saves it to an extent i'm like, gonna go back like to the D D thing because i feel like this this just feels like it's on the level of a D campaign that you and i could throw together in a week and then take our friends on that's what that's what this feels like bro i feel like i'd like i'd like to give myself credit and say that i feel like i've write <laughs> a better, better than story that right, in my DM right. Game than this. but but that's so. but that's the tone that's the feeling of it yeah and for for being like a netflix show never with, done it before got together and were like you know like okay and it's like 
you know, we need to have a motivation for the bad guy. All right. How about this? We need to have a reason why this person, we should like them. Okay. They did this nice thing. We need to have, you know, like, like again, check it off the list, but and it's even like, even to the extent of like, like in a D and D campaign of like the DM having like information for the stuff that's happening that the players don't yet know. And so you just have those gaps that still feels like that because like, there's like things happening, but like, like there's not reasons for the things happening. And it's like, Oh no, the DM just hasn't told us yet. I guess. Right. <laughs> like, right. I don't, I don't know. Right. Yeah. And it, the other, the other feeling I get is like, um, it's the difference between looking at a painting and somebody who knows how to blend all the colors well in a painting. So that there's these gradual transitions and then somebody trying to do the same painting with a bunch of markers. Does that make sense? Like there's no nuance in the way things develop, the way things move. Everything's either 11 or non-existent. It's, yeah. it's like, it's like everything. It's like uh, running too much compression on your audio. Everything's just like, like, Oh, this seems terrible because of this thing. Oh, everyone's going to die. And then they don't nobody's going to agree to this thing. And then they do like, it's just like off, off switch, on switch, off switch, on switch. Right. So yeah. it's yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at, and like, I mean, I, we're not even like too off the wall talking about this stuff. And then like, like, like Tom said at the beginning, we're not here to like bash on things or like, like that's not our purpose in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, it was just, like in in i mean it seems like the 92 percent of people agree with us according to the reviews yeah it's like yeah. this thing this thing has an eight percent audience score yeah that this, this was not this was not the mature the the writers incredibly low do not understand the nuance of the original works at all the way that the those the reason why those stories are beloved did not come through in anything so far. And they don't, they're not, they just don't respect it. And we've seen evidence up to this yeah. point that they don't, but it, you know, maybe it's not even a respecting. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just unaware. Maybe they just don't know. Like there's reasons why those stories resonate and it's because they turn things on their head, on their head. They, they, there's nuance, there's gradual character development. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, I don't know. It's, it's like a, a more analogies here. It's like a, it's like a very, very, it's like a garden that's been tended for 50 years and has a lot of detail in it rather than somebody just planted a tree out back, you know, like yeah. it's, it's what well, it feels like. Yeah. Well, it's just like, I, cause I, we've starting to like, see, I mean, cause we saw like, um, and, and, you know, obviously take everything with a grain of salt, but there was one, one of the like X writers for the Witcher came out and said that the people in the writing room were like roasting the works and saying that they could write a better story. Um, And they were given, I feel feel like this is the opportunity. They took this opportunity to write a better story Mm -hmm. and this is what they came up with. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know, we've, we've gotten pretty long today. I would love to hear you guys thoughts on this. Um, <laughs> I hope you didn't take anything that we were saying out of context because somebody's, somebody's going to yell at me and they'll be like, well, you don't want gay people in your movies or you think gay people should be in every movie or whatever. They're going to misunderstand it for both reasons. That's not what I'm saying. Like, I, I think the best summary for that part was when we were like, it needs to be done in a way that's natural and fits the story for the, for the sake of the story. Let's, yeah. let's do it that, you know, let's not just cram it in there and make it feel yeah. weird. But anyway, uh, but Toast, you got anything else going on you want to share before we head out? Um, 
in uh gosh um yeah follow us as the wish of Lurkast on on twitter um go check out the the cyberpunk lorecast that i do with genesis um and, and cyberpunk uh, if you're right yeah also it was cyberpunk lorecast and cyberpunk sorry my brain's fried <laughs> i would mean, like I spent so much energy in that um <laughs> too much so too much blood order cyberpunk is cyberpunk red actual play podcast that i do with funnily four and almighty crit gang so if you like cyberpunk which you know in complete contrast it seems to be pretty on the up and up right now you know, so, <laughs> right uh, they take that that world and put it into a show and all of a sudden it works yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Go check that stuff out. You can find links to those and my shows at robotsradio.net. So if you're into anything else like Fallout or Mass Effect or Elder Scrolls or Lord of the Rings, I've got lore casts about all those. So go check those out as well. And we'll be back next week with the next two episodes and a recap on those. And I hear they get even worse. So we'll see if Toasty survives. So uh, thanks for being here. Love to hear your thoughts. Join us on the Discord and we'll talk to you next time. Until then, stay safe on the path. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.